Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. What's up, everyone, and welcome back into the Punt and Pass podcast. I am your host, Drew Butler, joined As always, by my co-host Aaron Murray, and it is week 10, and as no surprise to our listeners, we have another awesome show lined up for you. The first iteration of the 2017 college football playoff poll is out, and Georgia is number one, followed by another SEC school at number two. We will dive into those rankings and give you everything that you need to know coming up here at the beginning of the show. Middle of the show, Aaron, we have another awesome guest, Duluth, Georgia's own Brad Nessler, SEC on CBS's play-by-play man. He's been in and around college football for a long time. And of course, at the end of the show, we're going to break down the week 10 games. An awesome, awesome slate of matchups are headed For everyone this weekend, South Carolina travels to the number one ranked Georgia Bulldogs. Number 14 ranked Auburn goes to Texas A&M. LSU and Bama clash. Virginia Tech and Miami. Are we going to touch on some ACC games? We are. And Clemson heads up to NC State. It's going to be awesome. Aaron, I know you're busy right now. Eastern Michigan? Where is that? Yeah, I'm, I'm in Eastern Michigan right now. It's about 15 minutes away from Ann Arbor. So I might go check out the campus a little bit Sweet. tomorrow, see what see what Michigan looks like, never been. But it's gloomy, it's dark, it's about 40 degrees and rainy. It's going to be raining the next two days. So it's going to be an interesting game tomorrow night, Ball State at ECU, two teams that are two and six. But if you look at ECU, man, they've had three overtime games and their combined total of points they've lost by all six losses is 23 points. So they're in every single game they play. I mean, this team could easily be six and two, seven and one. Uh, instead, they are two and six. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. So we'll see uh, the weather tomorrow night, how that affects the game, but hoping for a good one. Eastern Michigan, home of Charlie Batch, an old teammate of mine, Charlie Batch, one of the all-time good guys in the NFL. I'm sure everybody will be tuned in to watch you do your thing on CBS Sports Network Thursday evening. And Aaron, you may be bored tonight, so jump on social media. Have all of our listeners interact with you on social media you are at Aaron Murray 11 I'm at Drew Butler 13 punt and pass we are at punt and pass on Twitter and Instagram and if you're really bored email us punt and pass at gmail.com we get if we get quite a few throughout the week it's always fun to respond to the emails dude let's jump right into it the college football playoff rankings came out on Tuesday evening, and if you went back to our Week 9 Roundup show, Aaron, you and I both got the top three right. Well, I got it completely right. You got the top three teams right, not in that exact order. I said, call me Mr. Right, because Georgia was going to be number one, Alabama would be number two, and I picked Notre Dame three. You went Bama one, Georgia two, Notre Dame three, which in and of itself is a good call. We both got the fourth team wildly wrong. That is the Clemson Tigers. They do have a very good resume heading in. But a few messages sent out by this college football playoff committee. And I think the most important message, Aaron, is this. What you do on the field matters 
most. And they certainly showed that with Georgia becoming the number one ranked team in the first poll, which obviously means very little. But they get that nod because they beat Notre Dame in South Bend. Yeah, my biggest question mark, and I would love to pick the brains from these guys making these decisions, is where does head-to-head rank? Because we've seen numerous games, uh, teams, you go back to Oklahoma versus Ohio State early in the season. Oklahoma went up there and beat the brakes off Ohio State, yet Ohio State's ahead of them. So where does, is it strength of schedule? Is it what you're doing? What have you done for me lately? What big games have you won? And where does head-to-head come into battle as well, especially we're going to see it later in the season. We discuss it. Georgia versus Notre Dame. If both have one loss, Georgia beat the brakes off them at Notre Dame, just like Oklahoma did to Ohio State. So where does this head to head rank, especially on the road? Because we know it's yeah. very tough to win on the road. It's going to be tough. I mean, you, you did. You said Oklahoma beat the brakes off Ohio State. That is certainly true. Notre Dame. Um, you know, lost by one point to Georgia. Georgia had a bunch of penalties, a couple of turnovers. They could have won that game handily, but they didn't. It'll be really interesting to see what they value most towards the end of the season. And I think you hit the nail on the head. It's going to be what have you done for me lately. If Notre Dame ends the season with one loss, they're in. There is absolutely no question that they are in. It's going to be I mean, if the Big Ten, dude, you could you could literally talk about this for hours on end, and they did exactly what their intent was to do, drive discussion, create entertainment, and just put out a top four weeks in advance because it certainly doesn't matter at this point, but we could break it down every single which way. I think one thing that we do both agree on right now is if things were to stay on this path, Big 12 is out and Pac-12 is is out. If Notre Dame loses a second game, either to Miami or Stanford, the door opens back up. My question to you, Aaron, is this. With them putting Georgia 1 and Alabama 2, and then the committee chairman, Kirby, I forget his last name, come on ESPN last night and talk about how long of a discussion they had and how close Georgia and Alabama were to being number 1, respectively, are they trying to set themselves up for two SEC teams in the playoff? I think so. I think they're starting early right now, letting people know that, hey, these these are the two best teams in the nation. There's no one close to these guys. Obviously, the number three team, Notre Dame, they've already lost to Georgia. And if they had to go head-to-head with Alabama, it'd be very similar to that national championship game in, what was it, 2012. So, yeah, I, th- you know, I think Notre Dame is a better team this year than they were in 2012, but continue. I'm sorry. No, no, yeah, they are. I think they're a better team. I think Wimbush, uh, a better quarterback back there, a guy that can do with his feet. But if you look at Alabama, you look at Georgia, two great defenses, defenses that are built to stop that mobile quarterback. So I think everyone knows that head-to-head, both those SEC teams definitely have the advantage, and and people do want to see those top guys. But it's still, it's going to be hard not to put a one-loss Notre Dame team in. But hopefully these guys, um, hopefully their job will be easier. Hopefully that Notre Dame sells to play Miami. They sell to play Stanford. Hopefully they stumble. And just like with all these other teams, there's a lot of big games this week. There's a lot of big games the rest of this season. Yeah. Anything can happen. I remember uh, the two was a 2012 season. We're sitting around. We have a one loss in an SEC championship game and we need Oregon to lose. And they ended up losing the second and last week of the season. They had an upset. You just never know. And you go yeah. back to Clemson, Syracuse this year. No one expected Clemson to go to Syracuse and lose. Syracuse pulls off the huge upset. So 
still a lot of week to go this whole month. It's crazy. A lot of crazy things can happen. I've seen a lot of crazy things happen. So just expect to have a, a fun ride, man. I hope everyone has their seatbelts strapped on. For sure. And you just hit the nail on the head. You said there are so many big games down the stretch. Georgia has two of them. Well, really three of them, if you want to say that. S, uh, South Carolina coming into Athens, always a big game, rivalry game, always played tough. That's a big one. And, of course, now that they're the number one team in the nation, target on their back. Traveling to Auburn after that, huge game. SEC championship after that, gigantic game. I mean, you can't understate that. And I hate Georgia Tech, so I always consider that a big game as well. Alabama heads to Baton Rouge this weekend. That game's in Baton Rouge, right? I'm almost certain it is. No, I think it's at Alabama this oh, week. It it's is? LSU it's- at Alabama. Yep. Oh, wow. Okay. At Alabama this week, but they got to play LSU, Mississippi State, um, Auburn. There are huge games coming down the stretch. But one narrative that I want to ask you about, because you have experience personally with this, is driving around Atlanta all day today. Georgia's ranked number one. Some people are happy. Some analysts and some hosts sit there and say, you know, this changes everything. Georgia's number one now. I mean, the target's on their back. Kirby's downplaying it. He says he didn't even listen to it, didn't even watch it. I mean, I certainly believe that. But Aaron, this is what you play for, man. You want to be the number one ranked team in the nation. This is what you work hard for in the spring and in the summer. To have that target on your back, you don't shy away from that. I mean, when we played in the 2011 SEC Championship, LSU was the number one ranked team, and you know what happened? We got our ass beat. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not it's not like the number one team always has to falter if you embrace it and you accept it and you continue to do the things that got you there in the first place. It can only benefit you, right? I yeah, mean, it's, it's I mean, only going to benefit you. Get you go to play in the SEC, you go to play in these major schools, whatever conferences. Because you want to be the best, you want to compete against the best, and you understand. Even if Georgia was ranked in the you know between ten and twenty, say they're ranked, say they're ranked fourteen, every time someone comes into Sanford Stadium or if they go somewhere, that team's going to bring their all. It's just the name recognition. Yes. It's the type of team. Maybe you're number one. Maybe there's a little bit added juice, but still, you're playing big boy ball week in and week out. Everyone's going to be giving your best effort. Every team you face. So there's not that much difference being number one. I'm sure South Carolina coming into Athens, if, if Georgia w- wasn't ranked or if Georgia is ranked one, South Carolina, because of the game, because of how big it is, is coming in just as hungry and determined to go out there and win that ball game. Yes, and we're going to touch more on South Carolina later on in the show when we preview the Week 10 schedule. But once again, I mean, some defensive back gets asked maybe the dumbest question I've heard in college football this season and sets himself up to be some bullets and board material for this weekend's matchup. I'll fill you in on that later on in the show. But I just think it's it's so funny to me, Aaron, how, how everybody's like, well, Kirby don't want to talk about it. I mean, Coach Smart, you know, says he's not going to pay attention to it. And Nick Saban calls it rat poison. I mean, they're doing what they're paid to do. Those coaches curb expectations. You know, they tell the players every single week whether – you're having a down season or, you know, and you're saying, hey, we got to go get juiced up and play the number one team or you're having a great season and you're telling your guys just the exact opposite. You know, you're going to get their best shot. You got to bring it every single week. It's just so funny to me to see how people perceive coaches and how they react to these really meaningless polls. They're for guys like you and I, Aaron, for us to sit here and talk about it right here on the Punt and Pass podcast. 
if you're a smart player, if you're a smart coach, the last thing you want to do is, is read the news. And I tell every quarterback that I talk to something that I learned early on, because one, you read the news, two things can happen. One, you're either the worst player in the world or two, you're the best player in the world yeah. and everyone loves you. So both are kryptonite, both. You can either be too down on yourself or you can be too high on yourself. And that's when you get knocked off the mound. So stay away from the news, stay away from the media. I do think these coaches do a great job of themselves, just focusing on the task that lies nearest and doing what work needs to be done. And the players do the same thing. They fall suit uh, and do what the coaches tell them to do. Yeah. And uh, I, I, you know, I, I was, I was expecting Georgia to be ranked number one based off of their resume through eight weeks of play, another dominating win last week in Jacksonville against the boogeyman. That is the Florida Gators. That guy's gone, and uh, Georgia is moving ahead as the number one ranked team. Outside of the top four, Aaron, let's look at what's going on there because Penn State gets bounced with a close loss to Ohio State. Wisconsin is undefeated. I believe they're ranked number nine um, or eight. If you could let me know, I'm trying to pull it up on my phone right now. What'd you see there? Yeah, TCU's eight, Oklahoma's five. Yes, I mean, it's just, it's really all over the place. But there's one team in my mind, outside of the top ten, that could jump all the way in to the college football playoff at it, when it's all said and done. You want to know who that is? Is is it UCF? Are you no. going with it? No, it's number 14, <laughs> Listen, those boys are pretty dang good. Auburn has two uh, losses, but with what they have ahead of them, home game against Georgia, home game against Alabama, and if they take care of business in both of those tasks, they get to go to the SEC championship. You know the SEC champions going to the college football playoff. If Auburn runs the table right now, they are the 14th-ranked team in the nation according to the college football playoff. They could certainly, certainly make their way to the Final Four. Yeah, they do have, they have, do have a, a tough schedule ahead of them in two big games. Two games are going to be on national TV, something that if you want to make it to the top four, if you want to make it to the playoffs uh, come December and January, you need to play in big-time games on big-time t- television for the fans to see and for these voters to see. And they're going to have the opportunity. You know, with those two big games, they win those, then they're going to have a third big game, the SEC Championship game. You win that. Who knows what's going to happen? It's just a lot of what ifs. I love talking about it, but yeah. it is a lot of what ifs, what ifs, what ifs. What if this team wins? What if this team loses? It's it makes it. It's fun to talk about. It's great couch talk. It's great for us to discuss. It's great every Tuesday night when they come out with a new poll to see what's going on in the minds of these voters. But nothing matters until that the the conference championship games. And after that week, I think everything will just be crystal clear exactly what's going to go on for sure um, and i'm going to ask you one more question before we head to our interview with brad nestler from cbs sports the sec on cbs and i'll answer it first aaron just to take some heat off you because you get heat every single week the quarterback's got to stand in the pocket and just take hit after hit that's you at the punt and pass podcast but i'll take some of that off of you i'm going to ask you a question okay is clemson a better team than georgia right now And I think this is really hard to answer because obviously they lost at Syracuse on a Friday night. But their starting quarterback, Kelly Bryant, who had done extremely well in the weeks prior and had some big-time victories on the road and at home, got hurt in that game. Clemson loses. With a healthy Kelly Bryant, I think Clemson and Georgia are very, very 
comparable. And, and when you look at Georgia being the number one team in the college football rankings, I've said it once, I'll say it again, every single week that they play, I get a little bit more courage to say that they will be able to go head-to-head with Bama. But before that happens, I'm asking you, is Clemson better than Georgia right now with a heli, healthy Kelly Bryant. Again, another what if question, another hypothetical, but it's that time of the season. I don't think so. I think I think Georgia has shown they're able to stop those dual threat quarterbacks. Obviously, going back to Notre Dame and stopping Wimbush, who also is a very talented kid, can throw the ball, can run the ball. Kelly Bryant, another young, talented quarterback that can do it both with his legs and his arms. But like I said, Georgia has a recipe for stopping those guys. I think they're playing too too well right now on the defensive side of the football for anyone really to score against them. Obviously, Clemson, very talented defense. I think the recipe for scoring against him has been shown a little bit. Uh, so I think with Georgia's run game, the way they're able to pound it. But, hey, listen, it's gonna if, if those two end up do matching up somehow in the college football playoffs, it's going to be a great game. They're very identical. Two, two great defenses, two offenses that run the ball well. Uh, they are identical. So at the end of the day, it's going to be a coin toss. Who's going to win? Who's not going to win? But I do think Georgia is a little bit better. All right. That's good to know. And I, you know what I like about Georgia the most is that senior leadership group, that group of guys who came back, Aaron, wanted another chance at it. And with all these rankings and with all this outside noise, it's up to those guys to keep the locker room in sync, to keep chopping wood, as Coach Kirby Smart says, and to take each day one day at a time. Do not rest on your laurels. Do the duty that lies nearest. A fitting week for a couple of Sir Carlisle's anecdotes, I believe you could say. All right, well, hey, we have an awesome interview coming up. We've been chasing this guy down for a couple of weeks, and now that the first rankings are out and the first CBS doubleheader of the season is this coming weekend with South Carolina heading to Athens to take on the Georgia Bulldogs at 3.30 and then LSU traveling to Tuscaloosa to take on Alabama at 8 p.m. It's a big weekend in the SEC, and this is the perfect time to bring in our guest for Week 10 of the Punt and Pass podcast, Mr. Brad Nessler. Okay, we are glad to welcome in our guest to Week 10 of the Punt and Pass podcast, a guy that we've been chasing down, and he is nice enough to join us, and that, of course, is the lead voice for the SEC on CBS, Duluth, Georgia's own, Brad Nessler. Brad, how are you, sir? I'm just psyched to be on with two of my favorite ex-dogs. That's what I'm talking about, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. And now Aaron's a colleague of yours. How does that How does that feel? Hey, he's doing an awesome job, you know? Um, I, I think he's probably freezing his butt off right now at wherever he is, and I don't have to worry about that because I want to be in Alabama this weekend. It's going to be 77 and uh, cloudy. Yeah, it's going to be, I think, 40 and raining all day tomorrow. So, <laughs> And they actually they, – they put me at this great resort. I'm on a golf course, beautiful golf course up here, and I can't go play. One, I forgot my clubs, and two, if I did want to play, I'd freeze my butt off. So I'm just going to stay in the hotel till game time tomorrow. <laughs> is that a veteran? Hey, is that a veteran move, Brad? Do you bring your clubs if you're in uh, in distance to get around in? Or are you too busy? No, I would only do that maybe for a bowl game. Other than that, no chance. You know, I, I'm just always hold up, doing my homework. You know, Aaron's got to, he's got to earn his stripes, yeah, man. So there's right. Gonna be, there's going to be some cold weather games. There's going to be some games that aren't as big as he wants, but he's he's got it working, man. I'm telling you. 
two and work. six gotta, ball state versus two and six Eastern Michigan. I mean, that's that's called starting somewhere, right? You there. gotta start you gotta start somewhere and you gotta listen, at least I can mess up here and there's only about ten people watching the game, so it's okay. Well, I'll I talk remember, to the tower guys. <laughs> I, I remember back in the day, uh, you know, doing Raycom Jefferson pilot games and we got like the fourth ACC choice or something like that. And I would end up doing Duke and like Wake. Not that that's a bad thing. And Spurrier happened to be at Duke at the time. So it wasn't as bad as it sounds. But, um, you know, we knew that what what our one of my favorite producers, um, Bob Goodrich, always said, it, it really doesn't matter. You're going to 100 percent of your audience. So it doesn't matter who's watching you. Uh, if it's a fan or alumni of that team, they're watching you. So that's all that matters, really. Sorry, my other phone's ringing, guys, but that's OK. That's all Listen, right. You're, you're the guy. big guy at CBS. You know, your phone's always ringing. So <laughs> all right, well, Brad, we've, it's uh, probably Gary. It's probably Gary mad that he didn't get the call for the podcast this week. He's like. Listen, what about me? I'm getting no love. Brad gets the first one of the podcast between the two of us. So hey, if it is, if it is Gary, tell him we'll get him on next week. So It's punt and pass number 10. I'm just happy to be here. There you go. <laughs> I got actually a funny story about Gary Danielson. I was listening to the radio today driving around 680 The Fan, the morning show on the front row, and Brian Finneran asked Gary Danielson about Jake Fromm and kind of the situation that Fromm has been put in. And Brian alluded to Gary's career at Purdue and, and you could you could actually hear Gary get kind of mad he was like well I don't really understand the connection with me at Purdue because wow Finneran was saying you know Fromm's been doing what he's asked to do he's done a fantastic job and, and he's been not turning the ball over and doing what he's told to do and uh Gary I think Gary took it took it very well in stride but you could uh you could feel the contention through the radio <laughs> airways well, you gotta ask you know, him about Gary- that for me Right. Gary got, uh, you know, he got recruited by Michigan, Michigan State and Purdue and others. But anyway, uh, it looked like he was going to go to Michigan because he's a Detroit or Dearborn, Michigan guy. Um, And then there was a possibility of Michigan State. So he goes to Purdue because they threw the ball around and then they changed coaches when he got there and they started (laughs) running the wishbone. They started running the wishbone when he was like a sophomore or something. And he actually had a game where he ran for over 240 yards or something, (laughs) running for his life, not running because he wanted to. So they kind of changed the format on him a little bit until he was a senior. You know, they had Mike Phipps before him and a whole bunch of guys after him. But uh, that's funny that Finn would uh, that Finn would do that to Gary. He probably didn't. He probably didn't mean it the way it sounded. I bet. No, he certainly didn't. And afterwards, he was kind of like, "Geez, I think I stepped over a line there. That was kind of unintentional." All right. Well, hey. (laughs) Brad, before we dip into the SEC talk, and we've got a bunch after those college football rankings came out Tuesday evening, I just want to ask you a couple of questions off the bat. It was announced last May, May of 2016, that you were going to be taking over for Vern Lundquist. This one's a two-part question. When did you first start working in broadcast? And when you got to do these ACC and SEC games, was it kind of, did it kind of become your dream to take over those big-time premier games week-to-week like the SEC on CBS has become? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, this one, I'm, I'm like in stage three guys of my career. I, I had the early stage where, uh, you know, I got the Falcons radio gig when I was 25, and that was my first dream, I guess, in this business. And, you know, I did that for several years and then started crossing over to do TV on Saturday and uh, the Falcons on Sunday. And then I left WSB and I did the Vikings, which was my – home state team before I moved to Georgia. Uh, so I did two years of that while I was also doing college games. So I was working Saturdays and Sundays. 
And then CBS called out of like the clear blue in '89, uh, I guess, and and said, "Hey, you know, we want you to come and do TV." And I was like, "Where do I sign?" And so, you know, 27 years ago was my first trip around CBS, and I was there for uh, two football seasons and three basketball seasons before I went to ESPN for and ABC for 24 years. And now I'm back at CBS, so. You know, that I guess the three stages of my career was radio first, which I loved. It was awesome. Uh, you know, 24 years at ABC and ESPN. And now, you know, this is this is the last thing. It's going to last a while, but Absolutely. this is my last this is my last go around. So, you know, 330 time slot was always special to me. If I was doing a noon game, you know, as soon as I got done, I would watch Vernon Gary or, or Vernon Todd or whoever was in that time slot, um, you know, do that game. And I was like, man especially when you live in the South, you guys know this, that's like the game. And, and then, um, you know, when it became evident that Vern was going to have one more year and was going to have his, uh, you know, kind of his tour around college football, which he rightly deserved more than anybody I've ever been around, I think. And when they came to me, it was, it was kind of a no brainer because they said, Hey, we want you to come back home, meaning CBS and haven't been there before. I got the same producer that I had 27 years ago. It's the same theme, theme music that I had 27 awesome. years ago. You know, I was with Gary for eight, almost eight years, ABC and ESPN. So it was like falling, you know, falling off a log. It was like, yeah, okay, I'm ready for this. So it's been awesome. Brad, I'm pretty sure it was your first uh, Georgia, Florida experience in Jacksonville. Obviously, I wish it could have been a little bit of a better one for you. <laughs> but all of us being Georgia men, I'm sure at least Drew and I were pretty pumped about the outcome I was expecting a little bit closer game, but how was it for you being there in Jacksonville, seeing the 50, 50, the energy, the juice, um, how was it for you? How was it up in the booth? It was, it was awesome, Aaron, until the, the 50, 50 went away in the third quarter and we were just <laughs> red and black on one side and, and a whole bunch of guys just, you know, uh, disguised as empty seats on the other side, they gave up <laughs> quick, but no outside the stadium though, was, uh, really a sight. And I've been to it, uh, you know, as a fan, uh, back when I was doing NFL, I think I had a, like a dolphin game the next day or something. So I stopped and, and took in part of the game, just the atmosphere. But when we got our, uh, when we got our escort from the hotel to the stadium and it was so packed and the only way to get there was when one of those little bicycle things, you know, without really getting in traffic and to see the, the red sea part kind of when we came through to get to the stadium and, you know, fans yelling at us or, uh, waving at us or flipping us off, whatever the case might be. It was just, it was unbelievable. And and the scene outside was great. And, you know, we got there and we got there in plenty of time to kind of interact with the fans and um, had a lot of dog fans and a lot of Gator fans, you know, come up and I probably spent an hour outside our bus, just talking to, just talking to people, which was really fun. So it was a great scene. It was a great scene until, until Georgia scored 21 points on eight plays, and then it wasn't such a great scene after that. Yeah, I mean, seeing week to week in the SEC really is just unlike anything else in college football. You get a front row seat to that week after week. But I've been on the horn for you, Brad. I've been your biggest advocate on social media about the selection of these games on SEC on CBS. And it's not anything really that they can do about it on a week-to-week basis, but man, you and Gary have been covering some blowouts this year. Tennis, I mean, yeah, Tennessee, Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama, Alabama, Vanderbilt. I mean, it seems like you guys are just up there having to twiddle your thumbs through third quarter, fourth quarter, and I'm on Twitter going, guys, this is Brad's first season (laughs) on SEC CBS. Let's help him out just a little bit. Yeah, Drew, I think, uh, 
I think the two Alabama games and the two Georgia games, I don't have my math in front of me right now, but I think the cumulative score of those four games between the dogs and Alabama and the two games of the four games I did is 190 to 14. <laughs> and, and, and one That's of entertaining. Was, one of those was a pick six by a linebacker who just happened to be standing in the right place against Alabama went 97 yards. And the other one was, uh, you know, with, 240 to go or whatever last weekend of the Florida Georgia game and Florida scored just to keep from getting shut out. So that's how lopsided those games have been. And then there's a couple other ones that aren't much better. So, you know, we just have been snake bitten so far. We kind of think that it all starts turning around this week. And from here on out, I can't see that it's going to be that bad. And my, my God, I hope it isn't. Well, I can tell you what game is going to be good. And, and we're all feeling it right now. We're all hoping this is going to be the case, but that SEC championship game, Alabama versus Georgia in in the new stadium, Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta. Um, are, you, are you feeling that's going to where it's going to end up being? And that's my first question. Second question, I know I'm not part of the 330 crew, but if you guys need a spot or something, I'd <laughs> love to be in the booth with you boys or on the sideline hey, helping out. We already had you in the booth once, and you were you were pretty helpful to us. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get you up there. No problem. It's my uh, turn. Yeah, I'll I, tell you about kicking and punting plays. I'll help you out okay. all you need to know. No, we need hey. that, too, you know. <laughs> I mean, Nance and those guys have Jay Feely. Drew, there we you need go. you up there, too. That's so right. We'll get you two up there. No problem. Uh, you know, yeah. if, that's the, if that's the collision course, uh, we'd be all for that. Obviously, um, you know, all of us uh, haven't, haven't seen Georgia be in that for a while, and uh, – if they're both undefeated at the time, it's going to be number one and number two. It doesn't matter what the what the uh, committee thinks at that point. So, if it heads that direction, we might make up all our ratings in one in one four hour span that we've been losing here in the last three weeks. Yeah, it seems like for these next four weeks, you guys will probably have Georgia or Alabama leading up to what could be a great SEC championship matchup. But talking about the I don't know the top heavy nature of the league, do you think it's just that this season? Um, Georgia and Alabama ranked number one and number two, respectively, in Tuesday night's first college football playoff poll. Is that just what the SEC is this year? Two really, really good teams, and then the rest just kind of meddling along? Well, you know, there's there's still five in the top tw- uh, 19, so it's not quite as bad as everybody thinks it is. But, yeah, I mean, when you look at it, you know, um, if you look at who's going to be favored in the rest of these games, it's going to be those two teams. Uh, but both teams have to go through the planes, you know, and that's not an easy gig if if they're playing well. So uh, once we get through Auburn and the Iron Bowl, once Georgia gets through Auburn and the Iron Bowl, if everybody's still undefeated, it's going to be great. And, you know, one against two in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium on December 2nd would be awesome. But, um, you know, I, I think it's going to get better. It's got to get better. It, it, it's just the problem is, is that, you know, you're you're being judged um, and you're held against the gold standard and the gold standard is Nick Yeah. and Kirby right now is at least a silver medalist. So, I mean, you know, that's the gold deal. And after that, you know, everybody's trying to catch him, and we're probably going to have one, two, three, there's going to be at least three openings for coaches, new coaches coming in that can try to take on you know, what Nick's done. And it's going to be hard to do because he's a master. Yeah, absolutely. The bar has set, has been set extremely high. 
by Nick Saban. Well, Brad, uh, it's been awesome talking to you. And just before we let you go, Aaron, in the past couple weeks, has been peddling for tickets to the SEC Championship on our podcast. So, Aaron, you should ask Brad to be a spotter for the SEC Championship. That's game. why. That's why I threw that's it in there. I was going to have to do. I was going to text Allie LaForce because she is an army on the field helping her out on sidelines. So I was going to hit her up too and. See if I can get weasel, weasel my way on there. So we'll see what happens. That's hey, awesome. you guys won't you guys won't believe this, and I probably shouldn't tell you this story. But when I did my contract with CBS, uh, part of part of the contract was that I got X amount of tickets to the SEC. Hey now, oh, I love it. I love it. Hey now, <laughs> you know smart. what? Just give out your Twitter name here, and we'll give them to the highest bidder. That's a that's a yeah, great right. deal. Brad, Brad, why did why did you tell why did you tell me this before I signed with CBS? I would have put, I would have tried to you know get that into my contract. See, I know what my favorite charity is. It's you two guys. There you yeah, go. that's that's great. There you go. Yeah, yeah Craigslist for the Ball State Eastern Michigan game this weekend is just insane <laughs> with tickets. So, Aaron, you missed it on that one, buddy. Hey, my my daughter's working. I think Central and Western tonight. Then, because I, I can't keep my I can't keep my midweek uh, MAC team straight. That's the action right there. Yes, sir. Yeah, eight o'clock ESPN two. There you go. Awesome, man. Well, Brad. Thanks so much for your time. I know everybody will be tuned in to you and Gary's game. That's LSU at Alabama this weekend, and I'm sure we will all be watching you and the ratings for SEC on CBS go up, up, and up these next four weeks. Hey, guys. Great being along with you, and I'm glad you taught me how to do Skype or whatever this is we're doing. (laughs) Perfect. Thanks again, Brad. Have a good uh, and a fun weekend, all right? See you, fellas. What an awesome interview with Brad Nestler from the SEC on CBS. Aaron, you'll be in his shoes one day. You'll be right there in the big booth on that 330 game. That would be pretty your, sweet. You and your ugly mug. That'd be sweet. Oh, this beautiful flow. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> sweet. I, gotta, I have a few more cigars and some scotch to drink to uh, to get that voice sounding like he his. He does, but, dude. He's got a yeah, good he, one. I mean, his voice is meant for TV, radio, whatever he wants to do. I mean, he's just an awesome and a, a great Georgia man. Uh, definitely has been awesome with me just to teach me, take me under his wing a little bit, show me the ropes. And, uh, like, like I said, like you said, look forward to hopefully one day being on that three thirty game. Sweet dude. Well, big thanks to Brad Nessler. And that was uh, very cool. Let us know what you think about that. Holler at us on social media at punt pass on Twitter and Instagram. Aaron's at Aaron Marie 11. I am at Drew Butler 13 punt and pass at gmail.com. All right, it's time, Aaron. Week 10, a huge week of games in the ACC and the SEC, of course. That's what we're here for on the punt and pass podcast. We're going to pick against the spread. We're going to break down five games in fast fashion. You are 22 and 15 against the spread on the season. That's very good for a novice gambler. I'm 20 and 17. I've had good weeks. I've had bad weeks. It's time to go 5 and 0. Let's start with the first game of the weekend. South Carolina travels to Athens to take on the number 1 ranked Georgia Bulldogs and Georgia is a 24 point favorite. That is astounding. That's a lot of points, but you know what? Georgia's earned it. Like I just said, They're number one, and it's another week. Aaron, we've talked about it time and time again. I guess we will continue to have to do it. But South Carolina's defensive back, I don't know his first name, but his last name's Lamons. He gets set up with the the worst question I think I've ever heard, Aaron. This reporter stuck a microphone in his face and said, what concerns you more with Georgia's offense, the passing game or the running game? I mean, I would have looked at the reporter and said, did you seriously just ask me that question? I mean, he goes, the run 
they can't pass. He had no self-awareness in the situation. He was probably just taken aback with how stupid the question is. But now we have to sit here and talk about South Carolina is going to stack the box. They're going to put eight in the box. They're going to make Jake Fromm beat him. Same thing, different week. Tell me what's going to happen in this game because I know that you know. Once again, it, it comes down to defense for this Georgia football team. Uh, just doing an amazing job all season long. Dominic Sanders, 15 career interceptions. He's the most among active players. And he's going against Jake Bentley, who these past four games hasn't thrown an interception. And in these last four games, he has 13 touchdowns right now. Identical stats to our boy, Jake Fromm. But at Athens, big time game. Georgia's now number one. They're feeling good. They're excited. Those players right now, I'm sure practice this week has just been electric. When you're the number one team in the nation, things just... As as you just feel good, you walk out to practice, you walk in the meetings. You want to I go think to practice. More, you, you want, want to, to you, go to meetings. Exactly. Yeah. You you want to be more involved. You want to do more. These players now know that the target is on their back. They're feeling good, and and like you said, and like I'm saying right now, they want to go and do the extra mile, go the extra mile, do more in the film room in practice. So these guys, I think they're going to go out there on Saturday and show why they're the number one team in the nation. 24 points, a lot of points, though. I know, I know. A lot of points. Uh, South Carolina, they're only giving up 20 points a game. So defensively, they're doing pretty good this year. Offense has been up and down ever since Debo Samuel got hurt early in the season, really taking a toll on this offense. Um, I like Jake Bentley. I think he's a, a very good quarterback, a young quarterback, still extremely young. Uh, I just like don't see the He's 17, isn't he? He's, he's like 17. a junior in high school that's somehow a sophomore in college. Yeah, it's craziness what what he's been able to do. But, um, hmm, man, I I hate picking against the dang points. This stinks, <laughs> especially especially when it's twenty four. I SEC, know. I SEC know. games should not be more than twenty points unless you're playing Vanderbilt uh, and even Kentucky. Kentucky six and two, but it just shouldn't be that much. So, listen, I'm going to take Georgia. I'm going to take the points. They're going to cover the spread twenty four. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't think South Carolina can score. Going back to Mississippi State, another big time game. Georgia's defense at at home, you know that crowd's going to be packed early. They're going to be rowdy. It's going to be a pain in the butt noise-wise. I don't see South Carolina score many points. Yeah, I go back to the same thing you just said. It's all about defense in this game. And, yes, Jake Benley is dynamic. He can extend plays. He can make plays with his feet. But with our linebackers, Lorenzo Carter, Davin Bellamy, Roquan Smith, they shut down those dual-threat quarterbacks so easily. And if you can get pressure – on the outside edges with 17-7, and seven, let Roquan make a play if Bentley scrambles out, and this offense is shut down. Georgia's going to roll. I've picked against them against the spread a couple of times, most notably last, the Vanderbilt game, and they blew that one out of the water. This one ain't going to be close. This is going to be a 41-10 to 10 game, a 38-10 to 10 game. They will cover 24 points. Georgia is just going to continue to try to stomp teams down and keep that number one ranking. The next game that we're going to go to, Aaron, number 14, Auburn, heads to College Station to play Texas A&M. Auburn's a 15-point favorite here. Kevin Sumlin, the Aggies, laid an egg last week. He has always struggled in the second half of the season. Cameron Petway's out for Auburn. Auburn is, I mean, their backs are against the wall. If they lose another conference game before Georgia and Alabama, it's over. What happens in this one? I got Auburn. You, like you said, Cameron Petway, 
Uh, Cameron Petway is out, but carry on Johnson has been the workload for this team all year, 14 touchdowns, the second most in college football, still a big fan of Jared Stidham, um, been a little up and down, started the season off slow, then had three or four games where he was really on looking great. He's still completing about 65% of your passes, which is great. And then a and M they just had their third straight game, not scoring 20 points. And you're going against an Auburn defense that has shown all year that they are big boys. They're, they're an Alabama, they're Georgia. Those three sec defenses right there are no joke. And so for an A&M once again, it's going to be another tough task for this freshman quarterback, Kellen Mond. I don't see them score many points, uh, even though it is at home and they're not having to face the Auburn crowd, which kind of gets a little wild for those guys. Um, Auburn's just done a great job running the ball and playing good defense. And AM right now is on a little bit of a cold streak. I would think so too. AM playing very inconsistent. Auburn coming off a bye week. I know they will miss Cameron Petway with the with, with those two weeks to prepare. And with it being an early game, I don't really see the home field advantage being as advantageous as it has been in the past for Texas AM. So Aaron, you picked Auburn to cover 15, correct? Yeah, they'll cover 15. I just think their defense right now, their defense is only giving up 15 points a game. Yeah. And uh, A&M's offense just has been on a um, yep, just rough, rough streak. All right. I agree with you on that one. This is no fun, but we're both smart people. Auburn's been rolling in those early games. I'll take them again, of course, with the exception of that Mercer debacle that happened earlier in the season. The second game of the doubleheader this weekend, number 19, LSU, who has certainly found new life midseason travels to Bama. Bama's ranked number two, Alabama, 21.5-point favorite. I mean, where does it end? This is a heated rivalry game. Coach O is going to have the boys ready to play, but again, Nick Saban, the machine that is Alabama, if they don't turn the ball over, they'll cover. Yeah, I think they're pretty upset right now. I think they were feeling, hey, we're going to be the number one team in the nation uh, pretty confident about that. I think most people were, and then obviously Georgia now number one. So those guys have a chip on their shoulder and this is a great opportunity for them to beat a big time team at home and show everyone why they should be the number one team in the nation. Both these teams have had uh, bye weeks. I think it helps LSU more than anything. Again, Darius guys back. He's been banged up this entire season. These past few weeks, he's looked better and better. Looked like he's, he's getting healthier. And also Danny Etling at quarterback for LSU is looking like he's picking up the offense. He's playing better. They're playing better as an offense. Their young defense is getting better every week. But I was looking at this very interesting stat right here. The last six meetings versus Alabama, LSU has averaged 10 and a half points per game. <laughs> that ain't going to work. Just, that ain't going to work. And, and I just think Alabama at home, they're pissed off. They're not number one team in the country. And LSU, even though they are playing better on offense, yes, guys is healthier. I think the Alabama team is going to look special on defense come Saturday. Um, and Jalen Hurts is going to do it with his legs and with his arms. So I got Alabama win, and I got Alabama covering as well. I have Alabama covering as well. LSU, not dynamic enough, not explosive enough to take away uh, the home field advantage of Bryant-Denny Stadium. Not They don't have enough big-time players on offense to get chunk yardage. That really opens up a game and makes it competitive, much like Texas A&M did against Alabama. I will take Bama. I will lay the points as well. I thought one thing that was very funny, Aaron, um, Tuesday night when the college football playoff official Twitter handle was putting out the rankings, right? It was like number three Notre Dame, and they put a tweet out, and it got like 10,000 retweets from Notre Dame fans and like 15,000 favorites. And then 
Number one, Georgia, again, 10,000 retweets and 15,000 favorites. And it said, number two, Alabama. And it was like 450 retweets, like 200 favorites. I mean, hell hath no fury like a Bama fan scorned. And believe me, I was in my wife's ear all night last night when Georgia was ranked number one because that's fun. That's what it's all there for. So I'm going to be talking the talk as long as I can. All right, next game, Aaron. Number 13, Virginia Tech travels to number 10, Miami. Coach Rick and the boys still undefeated. Virginia Tech, a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I need you to pick this one, and I need you to pick it quick because I have no idea. I'm I'm going Virginia Tech on this one, and sorry, Coach Rick. Sorry, Miami. Virginia Tech defensively right now, one of the best defenses in the country, only giving up 11.5 points per game. I like their quarterback, Josh Jackson. has been having a great season. Uh, and I just Miami, they just have been in too many close games. They look good. They don't look dominant. Um, so I think they're going to stumble this week. I think this is the week that they're finally it's going to bite them in the butt. They're going to stumble and they're going to lose to Virginia Tech. All right. I'm going to actually pick Miami here. Like you just said, Coach Rick and Miami have been playing a lot of close games. But I think with this night atmosphere, I see they're wearing all black jerseys. I think they'll put one game together, get a get a non-offensive touchdown, whether it be on special teams or defense. And I think Miami sets themselves up for a big-time matchup for Notre Dame in a few weeks. And that's when they falter, which is trouble for Georgia fans because you want Notre Dame to lose another game. So I'll take Miami. Give me the two-and-a-half points. Um, yeah, that's one for me. That's our first disagreement of the – podcast last game we're picking Aaron it's week 10 a great great week of games number four Clemson travels to number 20 NC State this game is in Raleigh Clemson's an eight point favorite Kelly Bryant seems to be healthy again yeah I like Clemson the one thing for NC State uh their starting running back Hines was banged up last week versus Notre Dame uh Dave their their head coach Dave Doran I think I pronounced that right said of his running back he's full speed playing around playing football right now at the practice field. So if he's playing, that's a huge plus. If he's not playing, put a fork in it. There's no chance for NC state. So a big thing is going to be on his shoulders because he's had a great year running the ball for those guys. But I think Clemson's feeling the heat. They understand that they need to keep winning ball games. I like their defense. We talked about it earlier. And if Kelly, Kelly Bryant, their quarterback's healthy, he does some pretty awesome stuff out there. So I got Clemson winning. I got Clemson covering. I have Clemson covering also. Clemson's strength is playing a team that's good uh, running the ball. You know, Syracuse certainly spread them out, hit them with some dink and dunks, and let those guys do stuff after the catch. But I don't think I, – I think Clemson's been in this spot. It's so familiar to them now. These road games, they seem to be a bit more honed in, especially when their quarterback is healthy. Clemson covers, I think, unfortunately for NC State. Uh, their ACC title hopes – our bid adieu this weekend. Clemson getting that number four ranking. They know what this means going forward, and they will be the ACC champions towards the end of the season. So I take Clemson. I'll lay the points. And Aaron, I think you're going to go four and one, and I'm going to go five and zero oh this week. We need it, but man, that's jam packed right there. That's a busy Saturday. What are you doing this weekend? I'm actually going to be in studio. I, I thought oh, I was going to have the weekend off guy. to be. To be sitting on my couch, having a couple of beers, watching some football, but I will be in studio Friday night from about 7 p.m. to about 1 a.m. And then, and then uh, early call on Saturday. Got to wake up, get, get in studio about nine, do a couple of pregame shows, and then doing uh, some halftime shows throughout the day till about so, nine o'clock at night. So when the doubleheader's going on and they throw it back to the studio, will you be in there? 
I don't know if I'll be on that one. I don't know the exact schedule yet. Well, what I, it the might hell, be that. Man? It might, tell it might be you, some Eller games. Tell them that's where you want to be. I know. Come on. They got to put me. Georgia's playing, for goodness sake. Let I mean, me speak about my boys. Yes, Let's absolutely. Go. All right. Well, that's uh, cool. Congrats. Yeah, be dude. That'll be fun to watch you. Yeah. Next two weekends, I'll be in studio. So hopefully, if I show them I can handle it, show a little bit of my knowledge, my skills that I've learned from the Pun Pass podcast. Maybe the following weekend I'll be covering that halftime show, the SEC game. So that'll be kind of sweet. That'd be sweet. And you know the rule when you're on national TV, you have to plug Punt and Pass podcast five times, rate, review, subscribe, rate, review, subscribe. You know what we rate, need review, to do subscribe. For, for, for the next weekend? We need a little uh, a little pin to put on my jacket. <laughs> yes. A little Punt and Pass podcast on my jacket. They can't get mad at that. No one's going to notice, and uh, I think like it will a, help out. Uh, we should get with like a QR code so like people can zoom in on their phones, and then it will like automatically yep. subscribe to the pod. That's a great idea. You, you're the producer of the show. I'm putting this <laughs> on your back for next week. Okay, challenge accepted. Well, when you see Aaron on TV this weekend, tweet at him, at AaronMurray11. Tweet at the show, please. Send us a picture of Aaron on TV, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram, puntandpass at gmail.com, and I... Of course, am at Drew Butler 13. Thanks so much for joining in on this week 10 preview of the Punt and Pass podcast and check back Sunday night, Monday morning for our week 10 roundup where we tell you just how right we are. Once again, for Aaron, I'm Drew. Thanks for listening to the Punt and Pass podcast. See you.